Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are listening in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Greetings and salutations from Cleveland, Ohio, the North Coast. It is a beautiful, beautiful day out. I just came back from a nice long walk outside. Cool breezes all around. This is very strange for this time of year, but I'll take it. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and are off to a wonderful weekend here to come. Uh, I am... uh, yeah, I'm sitting pretty today. I slept in today. It was beautiful. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, a couple things to talk about here today. Um, I have some cool stories coming your way here in just a little bit, but uh, I am planning another question and answer episode. So uh, if you do have burning questions that you'd like to have answered, by all means, send them my way. Uh, message them to me on uh, Instagram or at, the, at Mr. P Explorer's Facebook page. Wherever wherever you follow me, you can send me a message there, and I will get it. Um, would love to hear your questions. Uh, as as often happens, uh, these questions pop off good stories and and, and and unlock memories that I almost forgot about. So uh, send them my way. Uh, I would love to hear what you have to say and uh, some questions you might want answered. So. We would be happy to hear about that. Uh, I, what I'm looking to do here also, uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, as I was walking this afternoon, uh, a friend and I were talking about this whole AI situation, you know, the artificial intelligence with photography and, and, and online and how it's changing how things are done and all of that. So I wanted to maybe talk next week a little bit about photography and uh, you know, especially abandoned photography and how people are using AI to kind of mutate, I guess is the word we're looking for, mutate their photos and change them into something else. The question is, do you believe this is art or don't you? Um, what I'm looking to do is possibly set up a, a forum or a, a, a thread on Mr. P Explorers at Facebook and let you guys have at it so we can discuss that next week. Um, it was kind of a, it's kind of been a bone of contention for a lot of people. So I would love to hear uh, your take on that and maybe share a little bit of that online uh, if that's cool. Um, yeah, AI is kind of changing up everything. I'm seeing it in my teaching. Uh, you know, now I got to worry about whether my kids are actually writing what they turn in, uh, and not the computer. And we know it's happening with photography as well. Um, you know, where do you where do you draw the line between art and having a computer do it for you? I don't know. I'm I'm either way. I could go either way on it. So uh, I'd like to hear your guys' input on it. So check out that. I will have that up hopefully here soon after posting this episode. Head on over to Mr. P Explorers at Facebook and uh, throw your two cents in. Uh, I'd like to hear it. Anyway, uh, today I, I decided we're going to head back to one of my favorite places, eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, for part of the adventure, we'll be talking a little bit about Philadelphia, and uh, after that we'll be heading up into the Pocono Mountains. So uh, if you've been to either of those places, you know there's lots of adventures to be had in both of those locations. So um, that's where we're going to start today. Um, I, uh, I did an episode on this way back in, like, season one, like, last year, last fall, maybe, I don't know, uh, when I talked about my adventures with the Urban Artist 7. Uh, perhaps you've seen his artwork around. He does the hearts with the big sevens in them. Um, more more in Pennsylvania you see them. I know he's done a couple things in Pittsburgh and, and a lot in, in Philly where he's located, but... Uh, yeah, I, I remember we, we did an episode way back when, and we talked about our adventures with Seven. Seven is a hell of a guy. Uh, a very, I think the only word I can I can really use that really encapsulates who he is is effervescent. He is a personality bar none. Um, 
hell of a guy, and his girlfriend is a wonderful human being as well. And we had quite a few adventures with them back in 2019, uh, and and over the last couple of years, we've we've been out to Philly to, to to visit with them and and do and do some explorations. So I want to go back to uh, the second time we went out there to visit with him and hang out with him. Uh, it was the May of 2020, so it was just the beginning of the lockdown. Uh, everybody was staying home. Uh, the streets were empty. COVID was in full, full, you know, full swing. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was not a good time. We didn't know what was going to happen. Nobody really knew what the hell was going on. Uh, the only good thing I can say about COVID was that the hotels were hugely cheap. Uh, when we made our plans to stay in Philly to go visit and, and do some exploring with him, uh, we were basically able to stay in a four-star hotel, you know, big fancy hotel for 85 bucks a night because there's nobody staying there. They weren't making any money, so they had to cut their prices, you know, the whole supply and demand thing. So it was, it was fantastic. It was very cheap. The gas was cheap. The gas was like under, it was like two bucks. It was, fa- it was amazing. Um, the PA Turnpike and almost everywhere else was completely empty of people except for trucks. Um, so it was a great trip. It was, it was wonderful. Um, it sucked that we had to wear masks everywhere. In fact, I remember going to visit him and we didn't have actual you know, face masks yet. This, this was just a new thing that nobody really knew. And you know, all of a sudden, Pennsylvania, you have to have face masks to come inside the, the uh, rest stops. I didn't have a face mask, so I used the next best thing. I used my respirator. Uh, I went to my trunk and got out my respirator, and I came walking into the rest stop with this massive respirator on my head, you know, making all kinds of noise. People giving me all kinds of stares. Um, but I did the trick, you know. It got us It got us into the bathroom. It got us into the store. Um, kind of a funny moment there just to get those dirty looks and weird looks from people like, what the hell is he wearing? Um, but, you know, that was, uh, that, was, that was the environment in which we, we traveled out to Philly in May of 2020. Um, you know, and the plan was to, to do some exploration and, uh, to, for him to do some painting. So, uh, we decided we were going to return to a place we'd already been, uh, that we'd explored at least a small part of, uh, back in 2019. And that was the bud plant, B-U-D-D, the bud plant. Um, the bud plant still to this day is one of my favorite places to go exploring, uh, I, it, I can't even, I, to, to explain the size of this place, this is a conglomeration of 20 buildings, uh, totaling 2.4 million square feet on 75 acres. So this place is vast. Uh, it was a 20th century Cold War. They, 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 they did metal fabrication. Uh, they were a major supplier of body components to automobile uh, industries, you know, sending stuff out to Detroit, that kind of thing. Uh, manufacture of stainless steel passenger rail cars. They built rail cars inside this vast building. And, you know, going exploring in there, you can tell like, this was definitely doable. Uh, just this huge space. They made airframes for, for planes, uh, missiles, space vehicle parts. Uh, just tons of different defense products were built in this place. It was just this vast, vast, vast building. Um, that crossed over roads. There were like skyways and bridges that crossed over roads. There were uh, you know bridges that crossed over rail lines that were coming in through this complex. It was just it's huge. Um, I want to say it, this this actual building it closed in '72 uh, when the company moved from Philly to Troy, Michigan. Um, the last time we were there, it was winter and we had spent hours in just one half of the main building. Uh, leaving this vast portion left to mystery. You know, there was this huge building, but, you know, the sun was going down. We had to leave. Um, so I wanted to go back, back to this place. This place was so huge and full of just nooks and crannies and floors and levels. It was like a labyrinth, like a maze, all right? Like David Bowie's going to pop out in his tight, you know, clothes with his little glass balls, you know, talking about the Goblin King, right? That kind of thing. Um, 
when we went there the second time, summer was now coming. It was May, and stuff was starting to bloom, and my allergies were kicking in, and things were getting green, and we were back for more. We wanted to see more of this place. So uh, we, uh, we met up with Seven and his girlfriend, and we drove on out to the bud plant. And when we, when we got there, we parked on a side street. And to get there at the time, at the time, the only way to get into the building, you had to basically shimmy under a fence, like along the rail line. There's like the street where you park and, and a fence, and then the rail line is kind of up and elevated. You had to climb up, uh, you know, up the stones and in, onto the rails. Uh, so we had to go through this hole and up to the rail line, which was a live rail line. You know, rail cops could have shown up at any time. Um, I want to say whatever whatever Philly's version of, of rapid transit would have been coming through there. There were signals, and, you know, you, you had to duck and cover and that kind of thing when, when trains came through. But we, uh, we basically walked a quarter mile from that point across a bridge and right, you know, into the shadow of this massive building. Um, you know, the, the, the two halves of the building were bisected by the rail line. Uh, and to get in, there was a small little hatch. Um, you know, as you're walking down the rail line to the left-hand side, there's this little hatch that someone had either, you know, just just blew open. <laughs> it looked like somebody had really went to town on it with a crowbar, uh, some kind of maybe even blow torches. I don't know, but they'd opened this hatch, and there was a ladder leading in. So naturally, we went up there and found ourselves into this massive, massive building. Um, you know, this this place was a 20th century industrial wonder. I, I I don't think I've ever been in a building this big, even even having been at Packard in Detroit. Uh, it was just that big. It's like a small city, uh, a small enclosed industrial city, you know, over this huge acreage. And it's Albert Kahn Wonderland. And again, if you're not familiar with Albert Kahn, look him up. He's a famous architect. If you've ever been in an industrial building with the columns and the windows along the sides, you know, the, the reinforced concrete, that's our boy. All right, Albert Kahn. Um, so we wormed our way through this truly labyrinthine structure, this mega structure for the entire day. We're taking photos the whole way, stopping every now and again to shoot the shit, and that 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 let Seven some time to paint up, you know, put up a piece, do some painting. Uh, so we just we just took our time and had a great time that day. Uh, and eventually we wound up on Bud's rooftop, where the view of downtown Philly was just like chef's kiss, right? The sun, uh, the warmth, the wind, the breeze, it was beyond perfect. It was like the perfect place to be on that exact day. You know, COVID be damned. Here we were above the city, looking out above this beautiful skyline um, with all this industrial goodness, you know, rusting away around us, right? Um so we spent some time up there on the roof just soaking up the warm May air and, and just putting all that aside. We were hanging out with good friends. Uh, we were actually joined that day by the then Philly-based explorer and photographer House. Um, uh, if you never followed House, I, I will share his link uh, in the description below. House is an amazing photographer and a great guy and a very chill human being. And he and a friend of his met us up there, and we spent the rest of the day just bopping around the grimy chambers and skyways and hallways and stairwells of this amazing place um it's a day i will never forget we had a, just just you know making some new friends hanging out uh those are the things that exploration is is made of those are the things that it should be about right exploring having a good time with your friends making memories having some laughs having some drinks good times uh so we spent like i said uh, the, the better part of the day there uh, it's that big. And we still didn't see everything. We still didn't see. We probably maybe saw another third of it. That's how big this place was. Um, it's just a place that words can't describe. You can't fully describe it with words. I could explain it to you, but it just it, to, to honestly understand what I'm talking about, you'd have to see it. Even photos don't do this place justice because it was just the vast scale of it. Um, 
you know, I've been in so many industrial buildings, but this place was beyond anything, anything I have been in before or since. Um, it was an experience, you know, in capital E experience. Um, unlike anything other, you know, to soak up the sheer scale of the place. Um, you know, I'd always wanted to go back, but sadly, from what I've heard, it, it was bought and is the process of being turned into a, a giant modern facility, I guess by a biotech firm, has changed it, or at least purchased part of it, and is in the middle of, of, of uh, renovating it, which I guess is good. It's good for Philly. It's good for jobs, good for that kind of thing, but what a place to explore to be not able to go back in and, and use it. Um, you know, I would have given anything to go back and explore with my, with my newer camera, you know, and with the experience I've gotten since then, um, it'd be a whole different shoot. You know, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. It, it, so, you know, you get what you get. Uh, I suppose you have to be happy with whatever you get from an explorer, especially once a place goes away or is shut down or renovated or is torn down or whatever. So, you know, at least I have something from that time uh, to put out there to re-edit over time. So, you know, that's that's the deal. Um, I, I don't even know where. There were like multiple levels to this place, sub-levels, sub-basements, um, tracks that came in through basements that came in from the outside that used to be part of sidings where they'd they'd build these rail cars put them on the car put them on the rails and then take them out into wherever they were going i mean it just it amazing completely amazing um one of my favorite things were the skyways that were in there there were these skyways that connected you know the two halves of the building that would go over the railroad tracks outside and uh you know where they the tow motors used to ride over and people used to walk over a tow motor to the other section of the building and uh just to shoot that, just the cool vista through through that skyway into the other side of the building with these long columns going, you know, kind of marching back into the distance to the point where you're into the horizon. You can even see the end. That's how far this was. Uh, just really, really cool. Um, maybe there's still a chance to get into part of the building. I don't know. I would love to. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if anybody from Philly is listening. If you know if the bud plant's still partially open, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to head out there and, and get in if that's possible. Um, I know, I know talking to house and seven, we'd love to go back out there and do a reunion and spend another, another day over there if we could, but, uh, may not be doable. We shall see. Now the twist to what should have been a perfect day came later on in our explore, right? We, as a group, were, were kind of making our way up a stairwell and hitting different floors. Uh, there was this tight side stairwell, a smaller stairwell where you, there was a, a bunch of debris in the hallway uh, or in the uh, the stairwell of this this place. And uh, to get around it, you really had to make a tight squeeze. Well, um, as I was rounding the curve, I didn't see this big chunk of blunt metal that was sticking out of the wall, and it was just at, perfectly at stomach height. Right, and I'm just kind of cruising along. I don't see it because I don't see what's in front of me because of the person in front of me, and I run my stomach or my side, my right side, straight into this blunt piece of metal. It was like a perfect height to hit, just like midsection, and boom. And it it didn't hurt as bad at first, like it, it was jolting, and it was like ah, damn, right. But it was you know it was fine for the rest of the day. It was no big deal, uh, and I didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a shock at first, but it wore off quickly. I was, I was so into what I was doing that I didn't even think about it. It just was just another bang up that you get while you explore, right? Um, but it wasn't till later on when we got back after exploring, we ate dinner and we went back to our hotel and it was probably about 11 o'clock at night and I'm trying to go to bed and, uh, I wake up about one o'clock in the morning with the worst pain I have ever had in my stomach. 
And basically, what it was, it was, it was. If you've ever had one of those gas buildups, you know, where where you you you've got gas in your stomach that needs to get out but can't get out, it was that kind of pain. It was gas pain, and it sucked. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. If you've never had gas pain before, it is the worst. You wake up in the middle of the night and you need to get it out, but it won't come out. <laughs> it's one of those things that you sit there on the john and push and nothing happens and I know you love to hear about this kind of stuff on the uh, on the show but you know that's what it was I can laugh at it now in, in, in the after in the afterwards but it, it sucked it hurt and uh, turns out what happened was me getting jarred like that in the stomach swole something up something in my stomach got swollen up I don't know if it was an intestine something um, got swollen up and and constricted to the point where I couldn't I I, I I couldn't, I couldn't fart. I couldn't blow one out, and it sucked. Um, I sat there all night in pain, in this god awful pain on this toilet, <laughs> just forever. Uh, and it's, it, it, to this day, I have no idea what I hit. I have no idea what, uh, what it was that I, I, I jarred up that bad. But it was excruciating. So I would have that through the rest of the weekend. Uh, you know, at some points it would be a little bit better than others. Uh, if I was walking and up, it wasn't so bad. But if you, you sit it gives your stomach time to settle and that's when it hurts. So, you know, it just, it was, it was the worst situation. I think it was the worst pain I've ever been in, uh, in my entire life. And that's saying a lot because I've broken bones. I've broken body parts. I've, you know, I've been hit in the head several times by different things. Um, this hurt the most. This was, this was the worst. Um, and it, it's pretty damn hilarious in the afterwards, like I said, but not being able to squeeze out gas. I mean, I thought I was going to die. It literally felt like I was going to die. I thought something was ruptured or, you know, we were that close to going to the hospital. I mean, it was nuts. Um, but the next morning I woke up from like an hour of sleep. I had had like an hour of sleep after, you know, taking some ibuprofen. I took, uh, you know, I took Alka-Seltzer, um, you know, and we got back up and we got back out there. You know, stomach be damned. We didn't drive all this way for me to, to, to sit on the toilet all weekend. So we got out there. Uh, we toughed it out and we headed out the next morning for more exploration. Uh Sitting in the car was probably the hardest part, you know, but uh, we trucked it out. Uh, and whatever I did lasted into the into the next week. So like Monday, Tuesday is when it finally started to get better. Um, even, you know, having to deal with it all the way across on the long trip back across Pennsylvania, been you know, six and a half hours back to Cleveland, you know, the stomach, I had to pull over every so often and get out of the car and walk. So I don't know what the hell happened, but it hurt like a mother. Um you know, you doctors, nurses, whatnot, listening. Maybe you know. I, I, I'm assuming I, I just, I, I popped something bad, and uh, it's, it's just turned everything swollen and constricted it all. And yeah. <laughs> so anyway, now that you've heard that fun story, uh, what else did we do that weekend? Well, uh, the next day, Seven decided uh, he had an idea. Rather than hang out in Philly, he said, "Why don't we go and drive away from Philly and go up into the Poconos?" and maybe you try to get to some of the resorts up there. Um, I had never been to the Poconos, so this sounded like a splendid idea to me, even in my pain. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, if you're not familiar with the Poconos, the Poconos are mountains in northeastern Pennsylvania, almost to the New York border. All right. Um, the Poconos were once known for their, their honeymoon resorts. Right? There were scads of these honeymoon resorts where you'd go in the, in the 60s and 70s and uh, just cheesy as hell with the shag carpeting and, and all of this different. I mean, but that's where people would go. Um, it, was, it was affordable. It was close by. People would drive there uh, and you would spend a week in, this, you know, in, in these resorts, you know, getting to know your significant other better after getting married. So um, we decided to go up there and see. There were supposedly a bunch of different uh, 
abandoned resorts up there. We figured, well, what the hell, we'll go try it out. Um, he wanted to do a few more pieces there, and he knew that none of us had ever been there, so we pointed his charismatic vehicle, um, which, honest to God, has his signature seven inside a heart on the hood of it, right? This is an old, beat-up car, but it's got, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of miles on it. Uh, it's his it's his car, man. It's his beater, and he drives it everywhere. Uh, and we, we headed up to the Poconos to see what we could find. Um, so we drove, I want to say it was about an hour and a half, maybe something like that, from Philly, um, taking a stop every now and again from my poor gut. Uh, we made our way up there. And uh, our first attempt was the infamous Penn Hills Resort. Uh, maybe some of you guys have heard of Penn Hills. Maybe some of you have been to Penn Hills. Um, probably more people on the East Coast probably have been there. Not as many people out, out my way. Uh, but it, it was probably one of the most well-known, infamous abandoned resorts out there. Um, this resort uh, it was founded as a tavern back in 1944. It was a bar to begin with. And uh, the owner basically grew it uh, through the 60s into this you know, 100-plus rooms, uh, giant hotel, a ski resort, and a golf course. You know, 500 acres worth of, of stuff. Uh, it had guest villas, featured floor-to-floor carpeting, you know, the shag carpeting, the good stuff from the 70s, round beds that I'm assuming rotated, right? Why rotating beds, you know, with the mirrors above them, right? Uh, heart-shaped bathtubs, you know, it was, it was, it was the 70s, baby, all right? Um, everything was, was, you know, was groovy, um, they, they actually had put out in these distinctive modernist streetlights uh, that were cadged from the 1964 World's Fair. Uh, very modern at the time, right? Uh, they had an ice rink. They had a, and outside they had a wedding bell-shaped outdoor swimming pool. So this place was perfect for the newlyweds, perfectly cheesy, perfectly, you know, uh, perfectly set up for this kind of thing. Um, it was billed as a paradise of Pocono pleasure and a palace of unbridled passion. That's what the that's what the that's what the uh, you know the advertisements w- would say. All right, um, and of course you know it, I mean it wasn't just people doing honeymoons. It was young couples that would go there and spend time, and uh, you know, they had archery and tennis and all, all of those good you know horseback riding and all that kind of stuff you do with with your significant other when you wanted to get away for a while. Right? Um, they even had New Year's bashes. Right, they would have these New Year's dances, uh, these these uh, these modestly lavish dances for New Year's Eve, and, and the motto, I shit you not, this was the motto: no balloon goes unpopped. You know, I'll leave you with that. You think about that for a minute, and uh, you know, no balloon goes unpopped. Oh my! All right, yes, all right. But anyway, um, now at this resort, things went pretty well until the late 1980s, when when and this was for all the resorts in the area, people started traveling elsewhere. Um, you know, it became cheaper to go to Florida or, you know, California or Vegas or, you know, it became cheaper to do that than it was to actually go, you know, in a car to uh, the, the Poconos. So uh, over time, a lot of these resorts died. They died off. They, they closed. They were abandoned. Um, this particular resort closed in 2009 uh, when the owner died. And uh, it was realized that this resort owed a shit ton in back taxes. Uh, this guy owed a lot of money. Uh, I want to say it was like over a million to the county. Uh, so the county took it over and shut it down. And uh, the workers didn't even get their final paychecks. They didn't even get their final paychecks uh, in hand, uh, which is kind of BS, you know. But um, that's what happened. Uh, so, you know, this place was already in, in, in serious disrepair. It was in bad shape um, by, the, by 2009. Uh, flooding was starting to happen. And, and when they closed it, that's when the copper thieves and the scrappers moved in, you know, damaging the buildings. And the more damage you get, you guys know this as a, as a tale as old as, as, as urban exploration, right? As soon as the water gets in, 
game over. All right, as soon as the water and the elements crack crack the door, uh, it's it's only a matter of time for that building. So you know the resort was abandoned and left to rot basically. Um, sadly, I uh, want to September of 2017, the main building burned to the ground. So the main building, you know, with the all the good, all the good stuff in it. Uh, the main offices at front and all that uh, torched. And uh, I'm assuming it was by an arsonist. They never come out really and say it, but I assume it was by kids uh, dropping dropping matches to see what they could do with it, right? Uh, and this happened three times in three years, right? Three years and three years, three attempts at burning this place down. And the place caught fire. Um, I'm gonna assume it was arson in all in all situations. They never came right out and said it, but I'm gonna assume that it was. Uh, another building caught fire in 2021, and at the time of this broadcast, not much is there on the property anymore. Not much is there to see. Uh, most of the buildings have been torched. Anything worth going to see has been ransacked, completely gutted. Um, not much left to see from what I'm told. Um, I'd seen some pretty pristine documentation of this place on an exploration video done by Dan Bell a few years back. Um, that was kind of the, the inspiration to go out there and check this out. Dan Bell did a, a video uh, a couple years before that, uh, before people started going out there and exploring, um, shortly after the place closed down, and there was still a lot more left, and nobody really knew about it. But now, you know, once the cat's out of the bag, uh, the place got destroyed. A deluge and a flood of people descended on the place to, quote-unquote, explore. Um, and, well, you know what happens when that goes down. Um, now, the, the resort, it, it, it basically straddled the state route that goes through there. Uh, you had buildings on one side and buildings on the other. So it made it really difficult to park anywhere inconspicuous. There was nowhere to hide the car. There were no back areas to park where you'd be unseen from the road. Uh, we'd heard all about arrests and issues with the local gendarme. All right, We wanted to avoid any entanglements whatsoever with police. Uh, and we knew this place was not in good shape, and, and, and so we were, we were not surprised uh, to see it all gated up and, and, and fenced off and all of that. Um, when we came around the corner to first see it, we saw the, the unique, the, it had this, this big red iconic sign that said Penn Hills Resort, uh, you know, and some asshole had painted it completely white, so you couldn't, you couldn't even read it anymore, uh, which pissed me off. I would have loved to have at least gotten a shot of that. I uh, don't know whether vandals did that or if the local authorities did it, trying to curb people from coming to photograph it, I don't know possible to tell but I was a little pissed about that it's like here's this amazing cool sign from way back in the day and some some asshole just painted the whole thing white with like a roller um I don't know I mean if you know the answer to that question I'd love to know the answer to that let me know <sighs> now we <laughs> we first cruise by the hotel or the resort you know usually what you do is you you cruise I'm sure you guys are aware of this you probably do the same thing you cruise past the resort you, you know, kind of get an eye on the place and see what's going on and, and get a lay of the land before you start making your plans of where you're going to park and how you're going to get in and all of these things. So we drive past, you know, slowly. And what amazed me more than anything else was lined up, all right, in the mouth of what used to be the entrance, like the driveway, right? There's like a fence along the closing the driveway up. But along, along that fence, lined up was a, a, a long, probably six or seven car line of cars and minivans. Right, lined up. It was like a parking lot. Like they were parked to like to, to be there for a reason. We're like, what the hell's going on here? You know, we figured people. You know, if you're gonna explore, you'd be parking down the road or you know somewhere else. There are cars parked and there's minivans. You know, um, parked there as well. So we pull in next to one of these minivans and we see this middle-aged woman in the driver's seat. 
right? The motor's running. She's just chilling out. She's on her phone, all right? She rolls down the window and kind of, you know, looks at us, and we roll down the window, and she asks us, hey, are you guys here to explore? And uh, I'm like, well, kind of. That's what we were trying to do. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I brought my kids here to explore, and I'm just waiting them for them to get out, you know, for them to finish up, and, and, and I'll take them from here. She brought her freaking kids, high school kids, to the resort to explore while she sat in the car. And it turns out that several of these cars were in the same situation. And just as she said that, we could hear breaking glass from inside the complex, right inside the hotel, and laughing, raucous teenagers sounding like ogres and orcs from The Lord of the Rings, right, smashing stuff, breaking stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Right, this woman had brought her kids there to cause mayhem, and she was just sitting there waiting for them to finish. Um... You know, since COVID, the place has become a friggin' tourist spot now. It's a tourist spot. It's not a place to explore. It's a tourist spot. All right, what, what some of us call tour vexing. Right? They show up. They, they they and this happened during COVID when you know a bunch of kids were bored and they're like, oh, people are going exploring abandoned buildings. We can do that too. It'd be something to do. Uh, and a lot of them would go out there and they wouldn't explore. They just ransack places. Uh, and that's what was going on as we were parked there. Um, so it kind of takes it off the list as an exploration target when everybody and their mom's there having a good old time, free-for-all, destroying the place. Um, you know, bored kids and, and abandoned buildings don't mix. They do not mix. Anyway, uh, you know, these people, and, and they, were, they, were, they were younger people, probably in their early 20s, that had never explored before, kind of wandering around the complex in, in, in shorts and T-shirts and, like, like, nice clothing with sandals on. I'm like, this is not a place, this is just waiting for a nail in your foot, pal, right? You and your girlfriend are waiting for tetanus. Um, but that's what was going on, all right? And at that point, just as soon as that went down, we're sitting there, and on the other side of us, the county sheriff pulls up and parks right next to us on the other side. So we kind of all turn our heads and look at him, and he looks at us, and without speaking, he just shook his head slowly. Just like, nope, don't even think about it. And we're like nodding our head, okay, and we put the car in reverse, and at that point we left. We're like, I, you know, we're not going to wait to see what happens here. We weren't in the, in, the, in the building, we weren't on the property, we're safe, but um, I can assume that there were some trespassing tickets in the offing. Um, that guy was there for business. I'm going to assume somebody local probably called the cops. And this was a statey. This wasn't uh, this wasn't a local like township cop. This was a, this was one of the stateys. He had pulled up and he meant he looked like he meant business. He had he had the shades on and everything. And he and his partner like they were ready to get out of that car and do some do some damage. So I'm assuming the kids that were in there were about to get pulled out of there and the parents were about to get tickets for letting their kids trespass. You know, and good <laughs> and good on the cops for doing that. The kids shouldn't even be there. Um, you know, it just no, <laughs> no, uh, and maybe you have a different opinion on that. But like these, these were these were these were teenagers. These weren't even like like twenty somethings. These were these were like sixteen, fifteen, sixteen year old kids that were running around. So the parents deserve a little a little ass kicking for that by the cops for letting their kids run around and abandon an asbestos mold filled building with no experience, right? Um, but we were not able to go and explore that, and I regret it because you know now most of that's gone. It's all torched. But say uh, la vie. All right. Um, so we went on. We moved on. We had another location. We had a plan B ready to go. Um, you know, as we were driving, of course, my stomach was kicking my ass the whole way. But, you know, on we went. Uh, we decided to check out another nearby abandoned resort, the Summit, which was built in 1968 and closed in 2002. And this one I was extremely excited about because, you know, again, Dan Bell had done a video on this place as well. And I had seen it. And 
you know, this within this main resort complex, you know, in my memory, I had this like burned into my memory was this plush vinyl clad heart shaped bar. It was the centerpiece of, of, of an Arabian Nights themed Scheherazade nightclub, right? And Kismet Cocktail Lounge. All right, so this it was this amazing like Arabian Nights themed bar with beautiful red decor, reds and oranges, and it just you know just this was like the epitome of 1970s glory, right? This was a jackpot for abandoned photography if we could get in there and see it. You know, in addition to that, the main building you know supposedly had an indoor and outdoor pool and uh, dining rooms and all of those tantalizing things that would exist inside a place like that that you want to go shoot. So we were very excited about this place. Um, we got to the, the town uh, this was in nearby, and we parked at a, a, a nearby abandoned car wash. There was an abandoned car wash just sitting there. We parked alongside it, and we walked down the road. Uh, you know, there was an entrance. There was an, an old driveway, but uh, you know, we had been told, don't attempt it. They watch this driveway. The locals watch it. The cops watch it. Do not go down this driveway. So we decided to keep walking a little further down, and we just kind of melted into the woods. All right. Maybe not the best idea as the prickers were still fresh on the vine, right? They had just, you know, sprouted out for the year. It's May, uh, prickers galore. And uh, I don't need to tell you that many a four-letter word was uttered by all of us as we made our way through the woods. Uh, it was probably a good, I'd say, I don't know, 400 meters through the woods uh, to where the main building was located. All right, better better to be scratched up and, and, and have our asses kicked by the prickers than get apprehended by locals with assault rifles. Or worse, by the state police. All right, we had heard that had happened before in the past, and we didn't want to mess with it. I had read articles about people who had been, uh, they used to have motion sensors there in the earlier days, and the state cops would show up with rifles and dogs and all of that. So we're like, nah, we're not going to do that. Um, so we went in the back way. Um, all of that to endure, only to get there and discover that the nightclub and all of the glories that it contained had recently been demolished. Nothing but rubble. And when I say recent, I mean recent. As in like a few months back before we got there, right? The concrete still looked fresh, like it freshly broken up. It wasn't like it had been there for years, right? The, the grass hadn't grown through anything yet. I mean, it was very, very recent. Like that fall, maybe, they had torn it down, like the winter time, and then we had gotten there. Gone. Uh, so my heart sunk to the level of my ransacked stomach at that point. I was like, oh, I had so wanted to see that bar. Um... But we were not deterred because there was still something on the property to go see. Further back, as you walk past the rubble of the, of the former hotel, uh, were the honeymoon cabins, all right, that once housed most of the delirious newlyweds, drunk on champagne and, how shall we say, carnal adventures, right? This is where they stayed, these little cabins. They were all kind of like linked together. They kind of looked like, uh, I don't want to say domes, but they were like, they were de- like, like octagonal shaped cabins. Right, they just screamed late '60s. Right, uh, each cabin had like a big uh, plastic plastic uh, bubble window in it. Right, you could see outside, big plastic bubble in it. Um, you know, everything. It was kind of like wood paneling. Everything, everything was 1960s, early 1970s, like down down to the wire. All right, and uh, most of them were in very sad shape. Um, each one had a heart on, on, on by the door that had the number, a big white wooden heart that had the number of the cabin on it, right? Um, but most of them were in very, very sad shape. Uh, the elements and vandals had had their way. And again, once you, you guys know, once the rain and snow and moisture and wildlife have gained access, 
through the broken windows and smashed down doors, it doesn't take long for a place to go, you know, bad. Um, I suppose they were in better shape than they had any right to be after 20 years of that cycle. They were actually in fairly good shape considering, uh, having been closed since, uh, you know, early 2000s. Um, some of them were in better shape internally, and those were the ones we got to explore, you know, right down to the shag carpeting, right? Uh, <laughs> this, it used to be like this glorious, like, like, like almost orange shag carpeting. Uh, and the, the most glorious thing about these, these cabins were the red and white tiled heart-shaped hot tubs that every single cabin contained. So, you know, in the back of, you had this, this raised up back area, like in the corner of the cabin. Uh, and in this raised up area was this giant heart-shaped tub, right? With, with, with almost like uh, red and white mosaic tile all the way around it. Uh, and, and surrounding that, you had that, that, that marbled mirror, mirror type situation so that you could watch yourself doing whatever it was you were doing in the bathtub, I guess, right? Yay, 70s, all right? Um, definitely, you know, it was all staples of the 70s, right? Definitely, you know, it, it just, you, couldn't, you couldn't just see that and not see 70s. Um, there were his and hers sinks in the shape of a red heart in the middle of the room, like on a little stand. Uh, there was this sink, like a, like a um, you know, raised sink that was in the shape of a heart. And you had two two sinks, each on one side of the heart or the other, and it was his and hers. And uh, a little mirror, complete little mirror there. You know, so you could you could brush your teeth or whatever. Um, and to top it all off, in the middle was the massive shaped heart shaped beds. These these massive heart shaped beds. Um, you know, at one point probably had red sheets, red coverlets on them, and, you know, frills and frilly frou-frou stuff. Um, all the ones that we saw, of course, were, were completely ripped of all that. Uh, the, the sheets that were still on some of these beds were, like, yellow and moldering and just, you know, just, just gross. Um, God only knows what's happened on those sheets since the closing. I'm sure many a guy romantically has taken his girlfriend back to this place and said, Hey, baby, you want to go uh, spend the evening in, a, in an abandoned, abandoned honeymoon suite? <laughs> you know, who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't want that? Um, I'm sure a, 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 you know, if you took a, uh, a dark light in there, it would be horrifying. Let's put it that way. Um, it's kind of funny. I had to stop and think about all the Gen X kids like me who were probably conceived in a cabin like this. And it kind of had to make me laugh because, you know, boomer love in the dimmest and most cheese-filled depths of the 1970s. That's what this was. All right. Um, totally gaudy by modern sensibilities. Like nobody would stay in a place like this today unless you were, you know, exploring it. You know, kind of people to go to see like the Clown Hotel out there out west. Right. You would never stay there other than the curiosity of it. Um, but these cabins were once the peak of luxury for newlyweds. You know, they wanted a romantic getaway to consummate, quote-unquote, their new marriage, right? This was the place to go. Everything romantic, you know, a bar full of champagne and, you know, a hot tub. And, I mean, what more could you want? All right, but now it's all decaying, rotting. And in some cases, in some of the, the, the collapsed buildings we saw, you know, you see these beds being consumed by crops of mushrooms. There's, like, mushrooms growing in the bed and on top of the sheets, it was, it was insane to see that, all right? Uh, so we wandered this property for some time, you know, documenting what we could, and, and, and we realized, you know, as, as time went on, we were having so much fun, we didn't realize that it was starting to get dark. Uh, you know, it's still early May, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't even think the time change had happened at that point yet. So it was, it was getting dark, and it was time to leave, so we slunk ourselves back into the woods, you know, gaining even more scratches, drawing a little bit of blood, uh, swearing some more. And finally, we made it back to the car, and from there, we returned to Philadelphia for dinner. Um, I think by then, I was feeling a little bit better, but it was still kind of, ugh. 
Yikes. All right. Uh, we did manage to get a nice uh, night's sleep in, and then the next morning we said goodbye to our you know to our hosts we said goodbye to seven and his and his amazing girlfriend and we headed back to cleveland we hopped back on the pa turnpike and off we went uh, on our six and a half hour return uh so another amazing adventure another amazing weekend had with with the wonderful seven and his kind and wonderful significant other in the books um, I, I need to go back. I, I, oh, I, he's such a great guy. I need to hang out with those guys again. Sometimes I need his, his attitude. He's such a wonderful guy that you can't help but smile and feel better about whatever's going on in your life. He's that positive of a guy. So I need to see, I need to see seven again and hang out with him. Um, and just, you know, spend some time chilling out in, in an abandoned spot or even at Navy or not Navy pier. I'm taking a Chicago, uh, graffiti pier in Philadelphia. All right. Now, as far as I know, the summit is still sitting there as we left it. All right. A little more collapsed, a lot more decayed and still heading for eventual oblivion at the blade of a bulldozer. I know that's coming. Uh, Not many resorts remain out there in the Poconos anymore to be seen. Um, But I would love to go back out there and give it a shot one of these days soon and see what's left uh, before they all disappear. You know, having to, of course, having to bypass all of the local uh, gun nuts that are out there and the owners of these places who do carry weapons and the stadies that come at a, a drop of a hat. Um, need to go check that out. But uh, I, I know that soon these places will disappear. They'll be replaced by condos and shopping malls and strip malls and just shittiness. And another chapter of American history, cheesy as it is, will be gone. So, um, yeah, give, give Seven a follow. I, I will I will leave his and House's uh, addresses, Instagram addresses. Give them both a follow. They're amazing guys in their own rights uh, for what they do. Uh, Seven has a, a nice spread of different art that he's done on his on his Instagram. And House does some fantastic, amazing photography uh, in abandoned and non-abandoned settings. So go check them out. All right, I, I definitely recommend that. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. I hope we are cruising into a good weekend. I hope you guys are ready for whatever it is you're going to be getting into. Uh, It's supposed to be a nice one. So, you know, get out there and take some photos. And as always, it's great seeing what you guys put out there. I love seeing what everybody's got and, you know, your take on different buildings. So keep them coming. Um, Yeah, we'll uh, see you next week, guys. All right, have a good one. And we'll talk to you then on Down the Road. This is Mr. P signing out.